everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Morning Grind here over on Roto Grinders. Again, it is me. It is not Stevie. He is still on vacation. He'll be back next week. But you're stuck with me one more week. Joined here by my buddy Blender. How you doing over there? Good. You're stuck, you're stuck with me. Tip, tip. I mean, you're normally on these shows, these preview shows. So they're always stuck with you. But they're never stuck with you as, as, as a host. And uh, it's, it's glad to see that... Uh, it, you're keeping you're keeping fresh for all the people uh, as a as a host today. Well, that's good. Thank 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 you for the compliment there. Really appreciate. It. We got a fun little week. It's a little bit. It's a decent sized slate. I mean, what, we got seven games on the early slate and then four on the afternoon. Still not as great as the six game afternoon slate last week, but it four four. You really can't complain with four afternoon games, right? Well, with the way that the, most of the year has been, with the, there being no sports, I can't complain that there's anything on. That's that's definitely a good point. Yeah, no, I'm 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 still happy. Nothing's been canceled yet, so just gonna keep enjoying life. Actually, having a job and being able to watch sports, life is good. But let's get started here with a fun game. Already, we don't know who's gonna start Hill or Winston. We're assuming under. We're assuming right now it's going to be Winston, right? Like that's kind of the assumption in Norway. Right, I mean, I, I I can't I can't see Taysom Hill starting as a as a full time you know taking thirty dropbacks type of quarterback. I mean, I can see them mixing mixing uh, Taysom Hill in because Sean Payton has a love affair with him, and obviously they paid him a ton of money. But this game is uh, you know the Saints twenty seven point seven five implied total currently, the the Falcons twenty two. 0.75, it's one of the highest totals on the slate. It's in a dome. And uh, if Winston's going to be 5,900, uh, the only thing that I could say about him is that we can't just assume that, like, it's not the Buccaneers, right? It's it's not their offense. It's the Saints' offense. So we may have to temper expectations that he's just going to be chucking the ball down the field. But with the Falcons' secondary, uh, that, that, could be a, that could be a useful thing to do anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, honestly, yeah, going up against the Falcons, I don't really want to play Winston, but sitting at 5.9K, like, he still – he doesn't have Godwin and Evans and Arians setting up at things, but I, it worries me a little bit that Taysom might come in there, kind of steal some of the goal line work, kind of steal this and that. So, Winston at 5.9K, I'm fine with. I'm not a huge fan of. What about Kamara? Like, is it going to be a run-heavy game here? Is he going to be getting a lot of dump-offs? Thomas, 7.3K sitting there just screaming at me to play him after he ruined my week last week. But don't really know how well he's going to work with Winston. It obviously didn't go great last weekend. But he still ended up with seven targets. We could see Sean Payton kind of script some stuff at Thomas. Like, are you using any of these New Orleans pieces? Oh, well, I think they're, they're going to be a staple in my player like my, my player pool. But I think the more in, I think Kamara is actually more interesting because – him and Cook are the two running backs that are 9K or above. And I'm going to assume that Cook's going to be more popular against the Cowboys than Kamara. Yeah. Especially with, like, when, like people are going to go and try to play, you know, Chucky football uh, Winston. They're probably going to pair him with Michael Thomas because who else are you going to do it with, what, Sanders? I mean, he can. Traquan Smith? Who knows? But, like, most people are going to go Winston, Thomas, and then play, like, Ridley or Jones on the other side and then play Dalvin Cook. But, you know, Kamara gets balls out of the backfield. And although, like, on the Buccaneers, like, they didn't have a running back that caught passes like Kamara does. So, you know, it's a Sean Payton offense. 
So if we see Michael Thomas coming in at high ownership and Winston coming in at high ownership and Cook coming in at high ownership, I mean, I think I think Kamara makes uh, – if you're going to play a 9K running back, I mean, I think it makes a great leverage play. But, I mean, it's, it's possible that he's owned also. We don't have initial ownership currently on a Wednesday. But uh, I'm more likely to side in GPPs because this is a high total game and I want to attack the, the Falcons' defense that I'm going to side with wherever the ownership isn't more so than where it is. Yeah, no, I can almost guarantee at this moment right now that more people are going to be on Cook than are on Kamara by a pretty drastic amount. I'm not going to be surprised if Winston ends up being one of the chalkier quarterbacks. We don't have Murray. We don't have Mahomes. We don't have Wilson. We don't have a lot of guys on the slate that we generally like to play pretty much of the top quarter scoring quarterbacks on the in the league like it's it's I think Herbert is probably the top option so far this week that's actually playing on the main slate here so yeah we could see Winston getting a decent amount of ownership what about over on the other side like we got Matt Ryan 6.3k not an easy matchup but I mean it's Matt Ryan he can put up a big game anytime it looks like Ridley's probably going to end up being back this week are you using any of these Atlanta players or are you just doing correlation plays mostly. I think I think this is this is a prime target for a correlation play. Uh if uh, if Ridley's back, a lot of people don't like taking players off of injuries, but at 7k, uh I mean compared to Julio Jones at 7500, like I think I could take a shot on Ridley. I'm not sure about stacking this game. Like I'm not playing Ridley and Jones together at 7k on on a slate cuz it's, it's very hard for them both to hit ceilings at the same time at those prices. But to mix in, especially on a garbage tight end slate, a uh, Hayden Hurst or something, and you play, you play, uh, you could play Ryan Ridley Hurst. You could do something like that with Kamara as the run back. I mean, these are all expensive stacks, so you need this game to go over the the fifty total. But uh, I'd almost, I'd almost rather Ridley play because that'll lower, probably lower the ownership on the Falcons side. Because if Ridley doesn't play, then Julio Jones at seventy five hundred starts becoming, you know, a popular option. But now, if with them both then, I think both of them, you know, more people will play Thomas, more people will play uh, maybe the Vikings wide receivers. They're, I mean, there are other options on the slate to take. Or, or they're going to go double expensive running back and start, you know, taking a lot of, like, there's a, there's a, there's a good amount of 5K wide receivers that are, that are definitely playable on this slate. So, uh, like, like I'm, I think that the Saints will be popular but I'm not sure about the popularity of the Falcons and the less and less the Falcons become popular, the more likely I want to, I want to stack instead of playing one-offs. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's a bad move. Game scripts could definitely be good. The over could absolutely end up hitting here. And I'm right there with you on Ridley. I mean, Ridley before he got injured, I mean, we look at his game log outside of that one game in green Bay, 33 points, 29 points, 16 points, 21, 19, 20. Like he's, he's been good. All season long, he's been better than Julio for the most part. Julio's just been getting a little bit more workload since he got injured. So, yeah, I'm right there with you with Ridley. I don't mind the Hurst call. I'm probably staying away from everyone else here. I don't really have any interest in Todd Gurley in this spot here. So, there's other running backs around the same range that I'd rather go with. But let's move on to the next game here. we got Detroit going up against Carolina. Decent amount of injury news here. It looks like Galladay was practicing today, which I think is good news. I'll double check on it. but. Bridgewater limited in practice or might not have practiced. We don't have full news on that. Don't know if he's going to end up playing here. Stafford looks like he's going to be out, but he might end up playing. Like, it, it's a right thumb injury. 
if he is, then I don't know if he's going to be fully capable. I don't know. There's a lot of question marks here. Like, what, what, what are your thoughts over on Carolina if P.J. Walker ends up playing or if he doesn't end up playing? Well, I mean, I think that the efficiencies of these offenses are going to very heavily rely on the quarterback availability as well as Galladay's availability. So if P.J. Walker's in for Bridgewater, like, I, I mean, he's cheap. He's 4,800. You could pair him up with an Anderson. You could pair. I'm more likely to pair him up with Anderson. Anderson's running these lower A dot routes, and I know PJ Walker could sling the ball from his time in the XFL, but I'm not sure if they're just going to allow him to do so. Uh, Detroit could end up being a bit run heavy, but since they since last week they've been you know kind of featuring DeAndre Swift. So at 6400, I mean I think he's going to be a fairly popular play. Catches balls out of the backfield, a reasonable enough price. But, like, Galladay at 5,800, like, even if Chase Daniel is in, like, who else is he going to rely on, you know, having a big receiver running those crossing routes in order to move the ball if, if this game goes sideways? Like, I, I like Chase Daniel at a cheap price if you're, if you're building a lineup where the Lions are behind, where you're playing uh, Daniel, Galladay, and then you're pairing that up with a Mike Davis or a Robbie Anderson or something like that. But – if we both, if we see PJ Walker and Chase Daniel both playing in this game, like there's a reason why this total is only 45 and a half, because it, it could it could still end up underwhelming, but the, but the prices are cheap, so you know I'm gonna see what the ownership looks like towards the end of the week and and make my decision from there. But because it's one of the lower totals, we we don't have high totals on this slate. I mean everything's within like 45 to 50, pretty 45 to 51, pretty much. So, like, no game is, like, completely out of the question. Don't want to touch it. But if I had my choice, I think it's more likely that these backup quarterbacks are playing that while it being cheap, we may see some very inefficient offenses. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely going to be interesting. Something you got to catch it, keep your eye on. I like the Galladay call, like, right there with you. If he's in the game, I don't really care who's throwing the ball to him. I will take some shots on him just because he's so big and so talented. Outside of that, Robbie Anderson, like if Walker ends up playing, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Anderson had a big game there. But Mike Davis is the interesting one. I mean, Swift, by the way, yeah, I like Swift. Like it looks like he's getting going to get a decent amount of work here, like continuing to get more and more work as the weeks go on. And he's been fantastic. And he's been pretty good in the receiving game too. But Mike Davis, like this is a guy that we were playing at 7K earlier on this season. Like, and we had – very little problem with it. He did not do well last week when he was the absolute shock, but he was going up against Tampa Bay. It, the game turned into a bit of a blowout, but this is a much better matchup here going up against Detroit, especially if Walker's in there. We could see a lot more of them relying on him, but Samuel's obviously stealing some of the carries. Like, if Mike Davis is going to be low-owned, are you using him with all this recency bias? I very think I very well think he could end up low-owned. I don't think he's going to – I really don't think he's going to be low-owned. I think people will look at the Detroit run defense and go, why not play him? There's not many top wide receivers to pay up for. We don't have the Chiefs on the slate. We don't have the Seahawks. We don't have the Cardinals. You're not, you're not, you know, you're not paying up for, uh, for quarterback pretty much. I think people are going to try to jam in expensive running backs and like one expensive running back and like a cheaper running back. I think more people will play Swift than Davis, but I still think Davis is going to be owned. You're going to be able to spend the money on him and you're not going to feel comfortable spending money on like a 5,000 range running back, which is where I'm looking at 
more more often than not. I think Mike Davis obviously has has a shot to get there, but he's not 4K anymore. So, uh, you know, I could see him being 20% owned. I mean, it's not going to be super owned, but like it's going to dictate if 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 he's single digit owned, yes, yes, I'm interested. If he's 20% owned, like I'm I'm more I'm more likely to just hope that because of two backup quarterbacks that these offenses are just inefficient. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind that call. Yeah, that I don't know. It's 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 too too early in the week. Like we don't really know. This is one of the few games where you really just don't. Any number of things could end up happening because of injury news. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll if if Davis is going to be low on, I'm going to have a lot of them. But if you're right and he's going to draw some ownership, it's just an all right play to me. Um, next game here, we got Philly going up against Cleveland. Forty-seven total. Cleveland is a three-point favorite here, and Chubb, Hunt, both back in the mix. They both have to make value this last weekend, although a lot of that was because of the wind and them getting heavy workloads here. It's going to be a close game. We got Philly has a lot of their weapons back. Ertz is practicing today, so we could have Goddard and Ertz there in the game. Jeffrey came back this last week. We still got Rhaegar healthy, Fulgham healthy. Like, we got a lot of stuff over on Philly. But let's start with Cleveland here. Um, Obviously, hasn't done a ton in the last few weeks but they've been in some pretty bad weather games the last two weeks we don't have a huge sample size of what this offense is going to be like without obj in it because they really haven't had to pass a lot baker's coming in at 5.4k they are the favorites yes they're a run heavy team but landry 5.5k higgins 4.5k again we don't have a sample size of them playing without obj too much this year because it's really just been huge wind games so what's your thought on this Cleveland passing attack? Well, I mean, I think their their main propensity, regardless of the weather, is they want to run the ball a lot more. So I see trouble in this game if the Browns are leading for most of it because they're just going to suck the time right off the clock. And with Chubb and Hunt both being priced up, 7,600, and having a near equal workload, it's kind of hard to make a case for playing one of them. I mean, if you think it's going to tilt in one direction, sure, but, but you can play them. but I'm more likely to build lineups that have uh, the, the, the outcome where the Eagles are ahead. If I'm going to take like a Landry or a Higgins, if I'm going to stack Mayfield, like those lineups I'd want to have like a Miles Sanders in uh, versus, you know, playing, playing Hunt or Chubb. But the problem with the Eagles is that now that like pretty much everyone's healthy, like where, I mean, these targets could go to eight different guys. I mean, you got Goddard, you got Rodgers at the tight end. You got Greg Ward there. You got Jeffrey. He should probably see an uptick in snaps. You got Sanders out of the backfield. They always rotate Boston Scott in sometimes. Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham. I mean, like no one's inefficiently priced. Maybe Goddard because he's, the tight end sucks this week. Sure, I guess you could play Goddard. I just see so many paths for this game to have less plays in it then more plays that uh, now, obviously if they're low owned. I'll, I'll take a shot on it, but uh, I mean, I don't expect this game to be high owned at all. I expect Landry to get maybe 8% ownership. Goddard may get 10 or 12% ownership. Sanders may come in at, at 10% or so Hooper at a tight end position. Sure. Maybe some, but I don't, I don't see the stacks of this game being popular. And uh, if, if I'm going to build some, because you know, there's still a chance that this could shoot out. Uh, I'm more likely to take it from the Philly side than from the Cleveland side. 
Yeah, I don't mind a little correlation with Philly taking Higgins or Landry if they do have to throw the ball, and Philly gives up to a decent lead. So, yeah, let's talk about the Philly side here. I'm kind of right there with you. Don't really want to use any of their wide receivers. If I'm going to use anyone, it's probably going to be Goddard. Uh, 3.8K, he got a decent price decrease down from 4.2K. Going up against Cleveland, they've been pretty bad at allowing points to the tight end so far this season. Worried about his potential workload, but Wentz is sitting there at 5.7K in a decent total game with guys to actually throw to. Like I like Sanders, and I don't mind Wentz. It's just I don't know who I would pair Wentz with. So are you going to use any real – Philly stacks here with Wentz, any double stacks or anything like that? No, I mean, you'd you'd have to spend so many lineups just to get the right combo. And it's quite possible none of the combos work, right? The ball gets spread around enough that, like, no one gets there. We may have Ertz back this week also. So, like, that even throws more of a wrench into what the hell they're going to do. I don't mind Wentz as just a standalone play, like, if you're going to play cash. But even then, I still think there are better quarterbacks to play on this slate. Uh, The Philly has a 22 implied total, so that's not even all that high. So it's more of the ambiguity of the offense than like I'm down on the Eagles. You you knock some of these players out. Okay. Then I'm a little bit more, more inclined to roster them, but it just, it's, it's, it's hard to stack a quarterback when they have like seven options to throw to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm kind of right there with you. I'm trying to figure out something, but I think the right play is Sanders and bring it back with like a Landry, hoping the Cleveland has to throw the ball later in the game. Um, yeah, these not great games so far. We got some good ones coming up. Patriots versus Houston here. We got a 48 and a half total. Looking at the Blitz early projections, it's like in a lot from this game. And while on a normal week, I probably wouldn't go there. This is definitely an interesting spot. I mean, the Patriots defense has really not been great so far this season. Currently sitting at 31 DVOA versus the rush, 30 versus the pass. Yes, they did keep Lamar Jackson from doing too much, but also that was a terrible weather game. And it's just like Belichick can scheme like that. Looks like there's a decent chance that David Johnson doesn't end up playing this week. So we have a possibility of Duke Johnson sitting there at 5.4K after putting up a bit of a dud last week. But that was also a big win game, and he got 14 rushing attempts. So the price tag is still a little bit cheap. Let's start off with the Houston side. Are you going to plan on – Using targeting more of the pass game, targeting more of the run game. What are you doing here? I'm targeting all of every game. I'm all to all all of this game. I'm targeting the Patriots. Typically have what's called like a bend but not break type of defense, so they're more likely to give up a ton of fantasy points, but be a bit stingier in the red zone. So like like it makes it makes their projections so much higher. And on the the Patriots side. There's only so few options that you really find appealing to run it back with that I have no problem running, uh, you know, you, you fill a tight end position with like an Aikens or a Fells, and then you run the Brandon Cooks revenge game, right? 5,200, right? He played for the Patriots. I mean, he's he probably played for probably, a lot of played, teams. Yeah, I know. But I mean, I have to throw, hey, it's it's the morning grind. I got to throw in uh, narratives here for the people. That oh, said the guy that got real angry at my Devontae Booker narrative last week. Well, no, I'm not, well, I'm not saying that you should go by <laughs> narratives. I'm just like, if you're not going to mention it, I'm going to mention it. It's required by, by my, I believe, my, my contract that on these shows, you got to mention narratives and revenge stuff. So, uh, like, I don't mind Watson Cooks, Watson Fuller, Watson, and, and then on the other side, Newton. I, the other way is fine, too. I think the Texans' defense is awful. So, you could go Newton Myers, 
and Cooks. You could, you could run Duke Johnson. You could run Rex Burkhead if you want. I mean, I, I think there I think there's uh, only a few options. Like I wouldn't go to like Nikhil Harry or Demir Bird, and I'm not probably not playing maybe not a Randall Cobb. Although at 3600, that's not like the worst thing if you're double stacking or something. I just think the pieces of this game are cheap in comparison to the total. The total's 48 and a half. On slates that we've seen in the past where we have six games that are 50 plus, a 48 and a half total doesn't like stand out or anything. A 48 total, 48 and a half total is, uh, I mean, we're talking about one of the highest uh, totals on the slate. I mean, like we're, we're like currently it's it, currently, it actually it's up to 49 now, which makes it the third highest total on the slate. So at these prices, there's no 7K guys on, on these teams. So like, why, why can't I do a three plus one of this game, and then I could still fit in a Kamara or Cook into my life. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm going right there with you. I think Cooks is a great play. I think that they could potentially shut down Fuller, especially with his deep field passing. Like, I, I, I like Cooks a lot. I still like Fuller. Um, but, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm probably going to use a decent amount of Duke Johnson. If Dave Johnson does end up missing, Watson is obviously one of the better plays on the slate, I think, going up against one of the worst pass defenses in the league that they could potentially be up or new, the Patriots could be up later on the game. We know what Watson does in trash time. So, yeah, right there with you over on the Patriots sides. What are your thoughts on Jacoby Myers? Are you touching any of the running backs? Are you playing Cam Newton? And if you are, are you just playing him naked? No, I never played naked quarterbacks because, I mean, the, 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 it's not like he has expensive receivers. So you play Jacoby Myers and you're done. I mean, what's uh, you see that he's obviously the target leader now that El, Edelman's out and the way that they're running their offense. Newton obviously has, you know, touchdown equity with his feet. So, like, he, he takes away from the running back touchdown equity. So, like, if I were to play a New England running back, it would be a standalone piece. Like, I wouldn't even play it with a run back or anything. You want to play Burkhead, you want to play Harris, you play them just standalone running back and move on. But if you're stacking this game, it's like, no, it's Newton Myers to play Cooks, Fuller on the other side, play a nice two plus one, and, and you're done. Like, I, I just don't know of any other combos that you that you reasonably make. Yeah, let, let me ask you a question. Who has more touchdowns since week four? Jacoby Meyer, passing touchdowns. Jacoby Meyer or Cam Newton? Cam Newton. Nope, it's the same. They both have one. <laughs> they both have one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh, this offense is just super weird. But Belichick is going to do what Belichick does. But yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. Myers, the only one that I'm really looking at. I could see using Burkhead, but I don't think so. Like with Harris and White in there, like I, I just like I, I never want to trust a Patriots running back. He has been getting a decent amount of work in the last few weeks, but. Not something that I really want to go with, but yeah, like this is pretty pretty easy game to stack up. You bring it back, you play Myers, and that's pretty much it outside of Cam Newton over on the Patriots side, and then you can go any number of different ways on the Houston side there. All right, next game up is Tennessee up against Baltimore, 49 total. Baltimore is a six-point favorite here. Let's start off with the Baltimore side. Lamar Jackson has been great this season. Didn't have a great game last week, but he's still always got that upside. Going up against Tennessee, Clowney is currently questionable, I think, to play this week. Let's start off with the Baltimore side. Any interest in paying up at quarterback this week? Since we don't have the normal ones we like to pay up for. Well, if you go by historical data, Lamar has the highest upside there is. But, like, based on what you've seen this season, like, 
Like, does he? Does he really? I well, mean, that, I, does he have the highest upside? Are, you're talking about on the slate, maybe. I think Kyler Murray has shown. Right, no, right. I'm talking about on the yeah. slate. Right. Okay, we, we have yeah. quarter, I mean, he's the highest-priced the highest priced quarterback on this slate currently. But, like, I could only see pairing him up with Mark Andrews at a, at a garbage tight end position. Like, Mark Andrews at 4,900 is the highest-priced tight end, and he has the highest touchdown equity on the slate. I mean, if he if there's a tight end that's going to get two touchdowns this week, it's probably going to be Mark Andrews. The problem is, is that like the rest of the rest of his Ravens team, like they, who do you play? I mean, like Marquise Brown is a ghost. They throw the ball to Devernay, to Snead, to Boykin. They have three running backs. Lamar's rushing the ball. Like this, this may be the lowest owned game that has one of the higher totals. It has a 49 total, and I'm not even. I, I'm. I'd be shocked. Maybe Andrews gets double digit ownership. But I'd be shocked if anyone else in this game is is higher than single digits. I mean, Willie Sneed always trolls us once a year with two touchdowns. Don't know why it happens. Happened last week, so now I know I don't have to play him at all the rest of the season because he got his two touchdown game here. But I mean, you can do Lamar and you can do Andrews together. Like honestly, if of Lamar, of course you could. You could. You could do anything together. Of course, I, I if I was to do that, that's what I would do. But I think if people are like, I'm going to try to double stack Lamar, it's like, who the, who the hell would that would the second guy be? Yeah. No, I mean, it'd be Hollywood Brown, but still, like, Hollywood just hasn't been there pretty much all season long. I mean, looking at his game log, he has two double-digit fantasy outputs so far this season. And, yes, he can always go off for a big play at any given time. Yes, he has that two-touchdown upside with Lamar, but it's just not likely to happen. It doesn't seem like that's the way it's been going so far this year so. Yeah, throwing Andrews in there. Andrews could have a two-touchdown game. Andrews could have a three-touchdown game. He has a huge amount of touchdown equity, and yes, he hasn't had one for a few weeks, but since the beginning of last year, I think in terms of tight ends, he's still tied for the lead in uh, t- total touchdowns. So, I don't, like, if you're playing Jackson, you're not really banking on him throwing multiple, like, over two touchdown passes. And if they don't go to Andrews, good luck trying to figure it out. So, yeah, playing him with just Andrews, I know Andrews isn't that expensive and he might not get a ton of points, but still two touchdowns upside and Lamar Jackson has a chance at rushing for 100 yards in any given matchup. So, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. What about over on the Tennessee side? Any interest in Derrick Henry going up against Baltimore that's been really good against the running back, but he is Derrick Henry. This is coming close into December. And – I don't know. I I'm guessing he's going to be pretty darn low owned because people are going to would rather go to Kamara, would rather go to Cook. Right, especially with the the Ravens defense being you know a great defense. I don't see any of these Titans really being owned. I mean, the do you want to pay seventy two hundred for AJ Brown? I mean, like I don't mind at low ownership. So like I could have AJ Brown. I think I'm more likely to play Corey Davis at forty eight hundred. You get a discount, and he has he has a. I mean, not maybe not as much upside as A.J. Brown, but I mean, this game as a whole will not be very owned. So if you if you said, I want to take a shot on Derrick Henry at 4% ownership against the Ravens, I can't call you nuts. If you want to take a shot at 2% on A.J. Brown against the Ravens, I can't call you nuts. Corey Davis at 4% don't. I mean, do I stack Tannehill in this game? Probably not. Right. Do I, why would I, why would I do that side of the game? Why would I play Tannehill, Davis, Johnu Smith and, and, and Mark Andrews or something like if I'm going to play Mark Andrews as my run back, I'm going to have Lamar as my quarterback. So if you are stacking Lamar and Andrews, yeah. Okay. Play, play, play one of the Titans guys, but like you're doing, it's a lower probability spot and you're doing it for ownership. You're not doing it because they're necessarily the greatest of players. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I don't want to pay that price for A.J. Brown. I'm just not a guy that likes to play Corey Davis, and I don't play running backs against Baltimore. Hardly ever ends up working out great. Third and rush, DVOA, and they rarely ever give up a 100-yard rusher. Yes, it's Derrick Henry. Yes, he can end up with two touchdowns. Yes, I think they he ended up with two touchdowns against them in the playoffs last season, but it's not a spot that I really want to rely on. So kind of right there with you. Let's move on to the next game here, which – could be fun, could not be fun, could be terrible. I don't know. Jacksonville going up against Pittsburgh. We have a 46-and-a-half-point total. Pittsburgh is a 10-point favorite. Let's start off with Jacksonville. Anything. Do you, do you want anything in this spot? Well, I think the same way with, uh, with Derrick Henry. Like, you could take a shot on James Robinson at 6,400 against the Steelers' defense. I mean, the Jaguars have, I believe, the lowest total implied total yep. on the slate. Right, even the Jets have a higher implied total. So, uh, yeah, that and and obviously Jets the are going to lose by or lose by three this week or win by three this week. That's just going to happen. Right, but I mean, even even the Jacksonville side, like you have, if Chenault's back, you have like you have so many of these options. Like, who the hell would you play? Cole Conley, Chark. You know, you got old. Uh, who would you, who would you play? I, I have no Chark. idea. And it's it's the lowest total team. So, like like if anything, I'm playing the Pittsburgh side. But I think. People get this notion that the Jaguars' defense is bad, and they are bad. But they're not as bad as you think that they are. I mean, they did fine against the Packers. So In I a can win see, game. Right. Well, well Marcus Valdez-Stanton still had a 60-yard pass. So don't get to go, oh, it's the win game. Like, well, they still gave up that pass. They, they, they had one pass. That, that happened oh, one Oh, that's time. all you need. That's all you need in football, Grant. Right? Yeah, I know. But it can happen. coverage and you're gone. Are we going to play Keelan Cole because he got a 90-yard punt return? No, of course not. Well, I'm not, doesn't mean I'm playing any of these other guys either. But uh, but on, on the on the Pittsburgh side, you have three wide receivers. You have Connor, who apparently they just they're just not going to run the ball or whatever. They're going to rotate a whole bunch of people around. Uh, he probably has touchdown equity, sure, at a twenty eight point two five implied team total. But then you got Juju at sixty four hundred, Deontay at fifty nine hundred, uh, Claypool at sixty one hundred. Any of them could go off, but also any they could all have even types of stat lines so like do i want to play roethlisberger on the slate i mean after obviously the past game you know some recency biases in there going jacksonville defense roethlisberger may throw 40 times let me double stack this game but like like yes I, you could make a case to playing any of them individually but to pick which one it's going to be like i i wouldn't know uh i think these guys may be a little over-owned, but, I mean, I'm not going to know until uh, in, until ownership and Jamino's hamster wheel comes out. I would think Deontay Johnson's going to be popular enough. He'll be double-digit owned. Uh, Juju's people still have something wrong against him uh, because he gets uh, such low dot targets. Uh, I think Claypool, I mean, he, he gets over-owned like every week. So even at 6,100, think he, I think he's going to be owned. So to me, I view this as a game that's going to be a uh, little overowned. I think people overvalue the Jacksonville defense with the Steelers against it. But, you know, I'm never shocked with Ben throwing that they put up 40 points in this game. So, like, like it could be that. It could also be a 17-3 a, a, a game. Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. But we could have the same thing going up against Dallas. Roethlisberger ended up throwing the ball 40 times. Didn't have a great fantasy output, if I remember correctly. But wasn't terrible. Put up 25 points. So, yeah, it's not bad. I, I don't know. Like, any time that you have an undefeated team going up against a bad team, 
when they're playing on the road, like I kind of, I, I'm kind of never really surprised when uh, they end up going off. Like Chark would be the one guy that I wouldn't end up going with. We only have a two week sample size with Luton playing Chark. One of the weeks had 12 targets and I could see that happening again. Yes. Pittsburgh has a fantastic defense and yes, they have a very low total. I wouldn't, I'm not playing Luton. That's not happening. I don't see any point in playing him even at 5k, but I probably will play some Chark just as a bring back because I'm probably going to – I've done this pretty much every week in the season, except for last week, strangely enough. It was the first time that I didn't stack up Roethlisberger with two wide receivers multiple times. But Pittsburgh always has a chance to go off, so I'm going to be using interchangeably Juju, Claypool, and Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson being my favorite of the bunch, with Big Ben and bringing it back with Shark, just because I don't know – we still have unknown of who he's really going to target too much because, again, it was a – bit of a wind game last week so Luton could still end up throwing to Chark 10 times 12 times 15 times in this game but that might just me could go terribly wrong we'll see uh we got the next game up here it is Cincinnati going up against Washington low total here 46 and a half points let's start off with the Washington side Alex Smith mister I'm gonna throw for 309 yards 90 yards with a horrible leg and almost win the game. This is not a terrible matchup. I don't know if they're going to end up throwing that much again. Washington has a good defense. Like, anything over on the Washington side that you really want to use here? Terry McLaurin. He constantly goes under-owned, and he's an alpha wide receiver. He gets the highest dot targets. I don't care that Alex Smith is throwing the ball. They can see – he did well with Haskins. He did well. He did well with everyone. So what does it matter? Kyle Allen, it doesn't matter. So it's 6,900 on a slate where there's not meant much to pay up for. I could definitely use McLaurin. Do I stack him with Alex Smith? Maybe not. I think I'm more inclined to go the other way with this game and play Joe Burrow because the Bengals have no problem chucking the ball. So like I'm, I'm looking at this going, going, can I play a Burrow with Boyd, with Higgins, run it back with McLaurin. You could run it back with the, with the, uh, Gibson or even J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick is one – like, he had back-to-back games of 14-plus targets. Yep. For, for who he is, uh, they, they, a lot of times that the, the Washington team, they put Gibson and McKissick out at the same time. They, they don't have other McKissick. good receiving options anyways. Right. They line McKissick up as a sli- – they he goes out in the slot sometimes. So – even at 5,200 with J.D. McKissick, like the way that the, the Washington team is playing football, like I – is is it recency bias because of the last two games? Who knows? If you think if you think the if, – if you think Washington is going to play with a lead, then you play Gibson. But if you, if you, if you think this is going to be a close enough game where, where Smith has to throw the ball, like I – McKissick at 5,200, I mean, he becomes like – you know, we used to play Chris Thompson when he gets eight targets out of the backfield as a third down back. I think from a floor perspective, I think McKissick is fine. I, I question the ceiling. The ceiling will depend on the game script, uh, but I, I I don't think he's a bad option. Yeah, yeah, no, kind of right there with you. I think playing Burrow, pairing him up with Boyd and or Higgins is not a bad move, and then bring it back with McLaurin, who is just perpetually a great play, and McKissick, because if the game script goes more towards them having to throw and come from behind, then it's a perfect spot for them. So McKissick could end up with a ton of targets just like last week if they're chucking the ball a lot. So I'm right there with you. Anything else from this game? Not 
probably going. Well, we'll have to see whether or not Mixon is going to be back. If Mixon Looks is like back, he didn't practice today. I think. Okay, well it's Wednesday, so I mean sometimes you know people don't practice on Wednesday. I was just giving you, I was just giving you right. information. <laughs> if he doesn't play, it doesn't make Giovanni Bernard like a great play or anything. But I mean he's viable at fifty five hundred. I'm more inclined if Mixon is back to play him at sixty three hundred. Because if he's fully healthy, like, they have no problem giving him 25 touches. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, while it could be a 50-50 split with Bernard, we have to see the news out of the practice reports. But if I see him as as a full participant on Friday and on Saturday, like, people don't like playing guys off of injuries. So, at 6,300, I have no problem taking a shot on him. Yeah. Yeah. Don't mind that call at all. Washington's a little bit more susceptible to run than they are to the pass. So, and mixing can just go off at any given time. So I like that call. Let's move on to the next game here. we got Denver going up against Miami, one of the lowest totals on the slate. But again, you're right. They're all pretty much right next to each other. 44 or 45 right now. Let's start off with Denver here. Decent chance that Locke doesn't end up starting this week. It's still early on the week, so we don't actually know. It could be Driscoll. It could be what's his name? Rippin. Rippin. Yeah, it could be, it could be any number of guys. Who knows what's going to end up happening here, but – Let's just kind of go under the assumption that Locke ends up playing because I don't know if it's a drastic difference between any of them. Any pieces over on Denver that you have interest? Well, I mean, he could always take a shot on Jerry Judy, Noah Fant. I mean, it, it, does this game seem appealing to stack up from the Denver side? Probably not. Uh, I'm more interested in the Dolphins than the Broncos. We want to see what the, what's going to happen with Matt Breida. Uh, uh, Howard, they got rid of. So, like, they, you don't even have to worry about him being active or inactive. But Salvan Ahmed came in and did pretty well. Uh, you know, they, it seems like they don't want Tua to throw the ball 40 times a game. So they're more likely to use these, like, little slot guys, you know, Jakeem Grant, uh, you know, that use Ahmed or some running back more. Maybe it's DeAndre Washington. Who knows? But at 4,800, if you, if you tell me Breed is out, and Miami is favored in this game, they're favored by three and a half points, uh, they have a 24.25 implied total at 4,800 for a cheap running back. Can he get you 15 points? I, I think he can. Yeah. I know right there with the 4.8 K when he's going to see, if he's going to see the same workload he did last week, gets a Denver team that gave up 200 yards rushing almost like if he's going to get 21 carries, cause they've given that to Gaskin. They've got, they, they have a propensity to do that, especially with Miami being favored and Denver just not looking great overall. I'm kind of right there with you. I don't mind using Parker. I don't mind using Grant. Um, Parker, like, still offers a pretty big ceiling. We haven't seen it much this season. But last season, obviously, we saw it a decent amount without uh, Preston Williams in there. Like, yeah, I don't I don't mind using these any of the Dolphins players here. I think they're, they're all decent plays. Even Gasecki on a bad tight end slate. Not the worst idea in the world at 4.3K, yes, Two hasn't thrown to him a ton, but he still has a decent amount of upside. He's a great receiving tight end. So, yeah, I don't really mind any of these Miami guys right there with you. Let's move on to the next game here, which, guys, go hammer the Jets plus seven. It's just how things work. They're going to get out to a 14-point lead early, and then the the Chargers are going to probably come back and either lose by three or win by three. So, Jets plus seven. Great play. One of my favorite plays of the week. Just saying. But let's start off here with the Chargers going up against this Jets defense. Herbert has a new haircut, in case you care about that at all. Um, well, the ha- no, the haircut narrative, according to the RG Discord, only applies to NBA. So NBA, it matters. But NFL, I'm not sure. The, the jury's out on that. 
All right, well, we do have Herbert going up against the worst pass D in the league. We got Keenan Allen sitting there at 7.4K after a bit of a letdown week where he still ended up with 12.9 points because of that touchdown. We got Mike Williams sitting there. We got Hunter Henry. We got Balage, who's now... Revenge game! Revenge game! Where's the alert bell? Do we have sound effects here? Are we required to do revenge, right? Kalen Balage was uh, on the Dolphins with uh, with Adam Gase, right? I mean, he's they're playing the Jets. Right, but it's still Adam Gase, right? Oh, Adam Gase, yeah. Right, it's yeah. an Adam Gase revenge game. I mean, I don't know if it's revenge because Adam Gase just kept running Balage, even though he was terrible. Although the reason why he was terrible was probably because of Adam Gase. <laughs> and he tried to – I don't think he holds anything against him. I think the Jets tried to pick up or trade for Balage before he got cut, if I remember correctly. I don't know. It's just a Gase. Yeah, but all I'm looking at in this game with the, with the Chargers is that they have a 27.75 implied total, one of the highest on the slate. They're uh, they're a, a, over a touchdown favorite, and Kalen Balaj apparently is their lead back, getting like seventy plus percent of the work. They don't want to give anything to Kelly. They barely let uh, Pope right. The, he's barely touching the ball. So at fifty six hundred, it sounds disgusting. But what's so wrong with Kalen Balaj? If you if you took out the name and the teams, and you just told me there's a fifty six hundred dollar running back getting seventy percent of snaps with a twenty seven point seven five implied total. Like, he probably has more than a 50% shot at a touchdown, right? His Les prop line is probably going to be something like minus 130, minus 140 or something. Like, why the hell not? I could stack the – I could, hey, I could play Denzel Mims. I could, I could stack the other side of the game. Who says I can't do that? If the Chargers, right, you say they're going to get to a lead, two touchdown lead, and then lose the game. So, so what you do is you play Bellage, and then you stack Flacco with, uh, with Mims and Crowder. And uh, or Perriman even right there. Yeah, Perriman was he was slinging the ball to Perriman uh, against the Patriots, just absolutely slinging it all over the field. And Crowder was just kind of nowhere to be seen. Right, but I mean Mims is thirty three hundred. He got eight targets the last game. So like, like I know Perriman's forty three hundred. He got seven targets the last game. Like for one thousand less, for twenty five percent less in salary. I I think Denzel Mims is going to be popular. I think he's going to be a cash game you know, punt type of wide receiver. You'll see that all the project. I think, I mean, you may see Allen also. This game, you may, you may see a lot of this game in cash games. And we're talking about the Chargers and the Jets, people. This game could end nine to seven, right? I mean, like, like it, it legitimately could end because these, these, the Chargers are a bit overrated. The Jets are the, the Jets for crying out loud. So uh, do I expect to shoot out here? No, but I mean, the, for the prices here, Keenan Allen's target share, the cheap Jets, Balaj even, like, yes, I, I think I'm think I think I'm going to have a bunch of this game. And then, uh, you know, when 405 comes, the late set comes around, going, hopefully this game isn't a dud. I mean, I don't know. Like, the main thing is, you look, look at what the Chargers have done with Herbert taking over. Like, I don't think that he's put up less than 20 – one points in any given matchup. He's going up against the worst pass defense in the league. Like, do they have to pass? That's the question. I mean, maybe I, the haircut. Maybe, maybe they don't trust his haircut, and they're like, "No, you're just going to hand off the ball." I, I mean, I don't think they would. I mean, for one, or, or maybe, maybe Grant. Maybe you think because of his haircut, he's much more aerodynamic, so they'll put they'll kind of like float him outside of the pocket. A lot, a lot of bootlegs. 
Yeah, well, then that's that's great for him then, too. He could end up with a decent rushing game. I mean, he's had 60 yards before this season, but he's been fantastic. I don't – I like, I'm probably mostly stacking or just going with Keenan Allen or Balazs. Um, but, like, I could see this game turning into a shootout. I don't think people are going to play Jets. Like, I get they pop in projection systems, but I don't see people playing Jets. And no, Mims, Mims will be popular, I'm telling you right now. Mims will be popular, but I'm talking about actually a significant amount of price. Like Mims will just be popular because you either have him or Grant that you're going to use as your punt wide receiver. Um, right. But, yeah, I don't think Crowd is going to get much ownership. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the other players, but I mean Mims yeah. at 3,300. If he's if he, if he has a target share over 20 percent at 3,300, I mean, like what his yeah. play? I mean, you could get 10 points from him. Like you get yeah. him. And talk about recency bias. Like Crowder had averaged 20 points a game almost for the entire season outside of the last game against the Patriots. He still ended up with a touchdown. But Crowder can absolutely put up a big game. Flacco looked decent for once. And the Chargers' defense, really not great. And are they going to give it to Gore or are they going to give it to Pirine? Like, probably not a bunch. And so it's going to come in the passing game. They're likely going to be behind, although it's the Chargers. You never actually know. So – I, I think that this is – I'm more on the Jets than I think you are. But the, I think this I'm game – I'm more on the Jets. I was saying I'm stacking Flacco. So what are you talking about? Okay. Well, we're both on the Jets then. Right. I'm more likely to stack the Jets and then play Balazs or Allen on the other side than play the Herbert side and play the single Jet as my ring back. Yeah, that's fair. That is, that is absolutely fair. But, yeah, that's a, Jets plus seven. Lock it in, guys. Or seven, plus seven and a half, or eight and a half, actually. Yeah, whatever. Jets. Lock it in, no matter what. Plus eight million. Well, I, obviously you'd play it then. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got the Packers going up against the Colts. Is this the highest total on the slate of fifty-one? Yep. Yeah. Well, let's start off with the Colts here. Hines. Well, everyone was just so excited about Jonathan Taylor early on in the season. Dude hasn't looked great, and Hines just. Perfect uh, running back for Rivers. 26 points last week, 20 points two weeks ago. I don't know whoever to pair with Rivers. I don't think that I'll play Rivers because I'm just kind of done playing Rivers. But, like, Hines, do you think he's going to draw a decent amount of ownership after his week last week? I mean, he'll draw some, but, I mean, they play hot hand with these running backs. So, they play hot hand with all the – I mean, the Colts are – Jesus, what are you supposed to do? Pittman, Hilton, Pascal, Burton, Mo Ali, they have three tight ends. They have six wide receivers. They have three running backs. Like, I know this is the highest total, but, I mean, and they're playing in the Dome, right? Uh, but, like, the, the only pieces of this game that I see that, that are, are playable, unless you're taking a, just taking a wild shot, is, is basically Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. So, like, like it's, what, what do you, how do you stack Rivers? And obviously, you could stack Rodgers. You go Rodgers, Adams, and you're done. Yeah. And then you play some, then you rotate, rotate wide receivers and players from the Colts, and hopefully that gets there. Yeah. I think this, I think this will end up being a lower owned game, even though it's the highest total on the slate. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't think of anyone that I even remotely trust. And I can't think of anyone else. Like, it's, it's pretty much just Hines, but yeah, it could be, it could be Jonathan Taylor. It could be Wilkins getting a lot of, a lot of work. Like, this is, this is just not a great game. I think I use Hines if I'm stacking Rodgers and 
uh, Adams, and that's that's pretty much it. Like I'll use some Jones, but if I'm stacking up this game, it's probably Rogers, Adams, Hines is the only stack that I'll do. Seems fine to me. All right, let's get to my favorite game of the slate and lots of people's favorite game, I'm sure, for different reasons than me. We got Minnesota going up against Dallas. We got a 48-and-a-half total here. Minnesota, seven-point favorite. Dallas obviously looked terrible for many, many weeks ever since Dak went down. Looked terrible before that, but in an entirely different way. Let's start off here. Cook, probably going to be the chalkiest running back on the slate. 9K, been crushing getting a huge workload, going up against Dallas. Dallas is one of the worst rush defenses in the league. Been getting obliterated lately on the ground. Are you playing Cook? Are you playing Jefferson? Are you playing Thielen? I think, I think this is going to be the most popular game on the entire slate, uh, especially on the Vikings side. It's a very condensed offense. So if you're not playing Cook, you're playing Jefferson at 6,000. You're playing Thielen at 6,300. I mean, it just – who else would you play from this team? I mean, you could stack with Cousins. Irv Smith. Play Cook as a one-off. You could run it back with all these do- with, with all these Cowboys. So, like, it makes perfect sense against the, you know, they have the 27.75 implied total against a, a horrible co- Cowboys defense. The question really comes in is, like, who do you play on the Cowboys side? And if Dalton's back, like, I don't mind the Cowboys offense. In fact, like, I think, I think you could take shots on playing Zeke Elliott at 6,500. And not in playing the opposite side, playing Cousins plus Jefferson plus Zeke. And if you don't do that, you can play. If you're going to play Cook, play Dalton. Play Dalton plus Cooper plus Schultz to fill that tight end spot. Maybe you don't double stack. I mean, Gallup's down to 3,700. Lamb's down to 5,000. I mean, we know that the, the Viking secondary is not great, right? They're not as bad as they was in the beginning of the season, but they're not great. Uh, I think people are going to stay away from the Cowboys because of, you know, the past uh, since Dak, they've, they've, they've been pretty bad. Uh, I th- still think Cooper will get some ownership. I still think we may see like 10% or so ownership on Cooper, but I don't think people are going to play Dalton. And, and I, I, I know that you played Gilbert. If you're, if you're Grant, if you're willing to play Gilbert, you have to be willing to play Dalton. Oh, I love Dalton this week. Like let's, let's look at everything in kind of a shell or in on a case-by-case basis arizona one of the better defenses in the ninth and dvoa going up against dalton where dalton was trailing immediately because zeke fumbled the ball they scored zeke next play fumbled the ball they scored so dalton was just in a terrible spot there first week him actually playing as the start he did decent when dak ended up getting injured i think it was nine for eleven like, he didn't play bad when Dak went down that first game. The next game, terrible against Arizona. Next game, did terrible versus Washington, who's still one of the better defenses in the league, one of the top pass defenses in the league. Cooper, in the two games with Dalton, 20 points and 15 points. We could easily see that again. He's clearly Dalton's favorite target from the small sample size that we saw of him. And he was getting 10 targets a day game early on in the season. I don't know what their overall pace is going to be. They slowed down drastically after Dak went out. And they're probably going to end up running the ball more. By the way, Zeke ended up with 12 targets, I think, that game that Dalton played against Arizona. But Zeke might not be playing this weekend. We could potentially see Pollard in for a huge workload at 5.6K, which I don't think people will immediately flock towards like they should. I love Gallup just because of his price tag. 
I really like Cooper just overall. He's one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. I'm going to be stacking up Cook with Dalton, Cooper, and Gallup all over the place. Like, it's a cheap enough stack. Like, Dalton is sitting there at 5.3K. Cooper's at 5.4K. And Gallup is 3.7K. You're getting some of the best offensive weapons out of the, in the receiving core out of any team. And if you if you forget the two games that Dalton played, which he didn't even finish the second one, like Dalton was still a very serviceable quarterback over in Cincinnati. We could absolutely see him put up. He had a 34-point game at the end of last season in Cincinnati going up against Miami. He can put up a big outing. They can pass the ball 50 times, especially if they're coming from behind. I, I'm going to lose a lot of money on Dallas. Well, I'm going to be with you. I think, it's, I think playing Dallas stacks is uh, a great way to mitigate D- uh, Dalvin Cook ownership. Because we, we may see Dalvin Cook at 35, 35, 38% owned. I mean, he, he may be one of the highest owned players on the slate. And a lot of people will not play Cowboys with him. So if Dalvin Cook has a big game and the Cowboys have to, and they keep it close and this game goes over in the dome in Minnesota, like how, how does Cooper not get there? How did, how did these receivers at 5k not get there? How does Dalton not have a, a 300 yard passing game? I mean, like it's more like if Dalvin Cook breaks off an 80 yard run, I mean, it just gives the ball right back to the Cowboys again. And I think it's a good way. It doesn't mean you're going all in or anything, but I think in your Dalvin Cook lineups, even if you're not stacking the game, play play any of the wide receivers. Do Cook and Cooper as a secondary. Cook and Gallup. Cook and Lamb. I probably wouldn't do Cook and Elliott together, opposing running backs. But, like, I obviously the leverage plays were Jefferson and Thielen, but I think they're going to be owned also. So I don't think you're going to gain all that much leverage in doing it that way. But I, I think Cooper will be double-digit owned and every other – I don't think people are going to play Zeke at, at 6,500. And like Zeke, Zeke used to be a nine K running back. So like, like maybe, maybe it happens. Maybe we, you never know. Yeah. Well, plus he can be heavily involved in the receiving game with Dalton there. Uh, all right. Let's play some weird version of the morning grind game. I don't, I don't remember the exact You still, rules. you still don't remember the questions? I, I, I do. I just, I, I don't, I don't know. There's always one I forget. So we're just going to go favorite lower owned quarterback. A favorite love. We don't even have ownership. So how the hell am I supposed to, to make a guess? Make it get lowest owned, lower owned quarterback. Um, I'm going to, I can't take Dalton because you're going to take Dalton. So I'll let you uh, take Dalton if you want. No, I don't want, no, now I don't want to take Dalton. Now it feels like you're pawning him off on me. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, uh, screw it. Uh, Joe Burrow. I like it. I'll go Dalton then. Um, that was some great psychology there on my part. Uh, Running back, lower owned running back that you like, uh, based on no ownership. But uh, <laughs> uh, I guess I guess Kamar. I think Kamar is going to come in under own because if people play Cook, they're not going to be able to jam in Kamar. I have to assume that's true. I'm going to go with McKissick. I don't think he's going to be heavily owned. Lower owned wide receiver that could go off. Uh, he always comes in lower owned. So I'm. You're going to say I, McLaurin. Right. Yeah, I have to yep. say, like every week, I could say McLaurin. Yeah, well, it's just, it's just true. Um, I'm gonna go with. Is Keenan Allen gonna be heavily owned? I don't know if he will. Yeah, no, no. Against the Jets, he's he's gonna he's gonna easily be like twenty percent owned. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say Amari Cooper. I don't. If he's gonna be heavily owned, then I'll say Gallup. Um, 
tight end, I don't even care. Give well, me a tight end. I mean, what is this? Just touchdown hunting? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 trash. Let's just go one last one defense to get a touchdown. Oh, really? That's almost worse than the tight end. Yeah. Right? No. The, no uh, how about done. low, low price, cheap favorite cheap defense? Okay. Okay. That that's a better way of putting it. Favorite cheap defense. So basically under under three thousand, right? Yeah. Okay, under three thousand because because uh, the Dolphins are priced up because I like Dolphins against uh, against Lock. Uh, let's see, cheap defense. I'm gonna say against. Let's see who who would. I mean, come on, you know you know what the obvious option is. Everyone knows what the obvious option is. With the, I mean, the obvious option with Winston as the starter yeah. is to just play the Falcons defense. But uh, but but no, I'm. I'm that, gonna, that, that's what I was gonna say. So. Right, I know you're gonna say that. So like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna play the opposite game, and I'm going to go with uh, with I'll 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 play the Lions against PJ Walker. I'm gonna go super off the board. I'm gonna say the Jets. It's okay. the Chargers. Well, so, They're gonna so, come in. Okay, so the Jets win by defensive touchdowns. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could absolutely see that happening. It's the Chargers. They they're gonna do what they do. Herbert's look fantastic, but they're they're gonna they're gonna do something to screw things up. I'll say the Jets defense at two K, just saving you some money. All right, Blender, it's been fun. It's been fun. Stevie will be back next week, guys. Good luck on other contests this weekend. I'm out of here. See you, kids.